This podcast was produced by Steve Gehrig. Please send all comments to my email address, bird-legs at hotmail.com. That is bird-legs at hotmail.com. The Gershon Brothers once wrote a popular song called It Ain't Necessarily So. This phrase applies to all we see and hear on media, that is print, broadcast, online, and social media. If these media messages are true, that is representing actual facts, then people will hear what is actually happening in the real world. But sometimes these media present messages that ain't necessarily so. Some people call this fake news or false news. Continuing in our series of podcasts based on the theme, It Ain't Necessarily So, we now look at the media-driven idea that it has been proven that human beings have evolved from nothing into a single cell, then to multicellular organisms, and onward until we've developed into the complex beings that we are today. This theory of organic evolution comes from the book by Charles Darwin called The Origin of the Species, published in 1859. Many media sources have said that we have all evolved from a single cell to multicellular organisms, to invertebrates, to vertebrates, and then from apes to humans, because it has been proven. It ain't necessarily so. The opposing theory is that a supreme being simply created life. But if one admits there is a God, then one admits that there may be a real reason to follow his teachings as recorded in the Bible. It isn't hard to see that the self-controlled, self-sufficient life advocated in the Bible will not bring in the same amount of money as the greedy, lusting-for-sex-and-things life suggested by those who claim human beings are merely evolved animals. Those who decline to accept that man is more than just an animal can then act like an animal, thereby spending huge amounts of money on the acquisition of things and the indulgence of pleasures, all of which the media sponsors can supply at a tidy profit. If most people lived a life as advocated by the recordings we have in the Bible, sales of clothing and cosmetics used to attract a multiplicity of sexual partners would shrink. If they believed that they had eternal life, people would not indulge in the idea of you only go around once in life, grab everything you can. Then sales would suffer. If people disregarded the media's plea for fear of missing out to greedily acquire more things than anybody else, big business profits would go down. An example of this is the media-driven replacement of Christmas as a simple religious holiday by the commercial phenomenon it has become. Many people go into debt at the media's urging, even entering into a feeding frenzy at the shops to outdo each other in buying gifts. But many media sources say life just randomly came on the scene. It ain't necessarily so. This idea has not been proven scientifically. No reputable scientist would say it has. The most they will say is that there has been some evidence for this theory. Other scientists say that there isn't enough evidence to conclude anything scientifically. In order to place credence in this theory, one must make several assumptions. 
The first is that spontaneous generation was operative once in history. Throughout history, certain scientists have believed that something came from nothing. It wasn't until the 19th century that Louis Pasteur's work revealed this era. Yet in order to believe that humans originated from nothing, those scientists who rule out a creator have no choice but to make an unbelievable assumption. This assumption is that although it is a natural scientific law, something can't come from nothing, just once there was an anomaly. Just once something came from nothing. Just once the original matter that would make up the universe somehow came to be. These men claim since it's impossible there is an intelligent creator, spontaneous generation is the only possibility. Many media sources put forward these scientists' idea, which say they are true to fact. However, it is plain that a historical event at the beginning of time, such as the spontaneous generation of matter and energy, can never be proven, as there was no means to have ever recorded this event. Many media sources say that we know there is no God, and since this is so, spontaneous generation is the only way we are all here. It ain't necessarily so. In order to believe this media spawned idea, you must believe just once the scientific laws of conservation of matter and energy were not operative. Another assumption one must make to believe that humans have evolved from a single cell is that all living things are interrelated. This is an essential component of a theory of organic evolution. Therefore, one would think the simplest forms of life would be very much alike since they all came from a single ancestor. However, scientists have inspected the simplest forms of life, viruses, bacteria, and single-celled creatures called protozoa, and have found no definite evidence about the way in which they are interrelated. Many media sources continue to claim that humans and all their living organisms have had a common ancestry. It ain't necessarily so. Even the simplest of organisms do not seem to spring from a common ancestor. Yet another assumption that has to be made to believe we all came from a single cell is that all the animals without a backbone, that is, invertebrates, are also interrelated. The vast majority of animals on Earth are invertebrates. Examples of these are insects, clams, earthworms, jellyfish, and squid. Biologists place these different animals in groupings called phyla. One would assume animals from one phylum would be very similar to the others. However, this doesn't seem to be true. As the British biologist and evolutionist himself, G.A. Kirkut, writes, it would appear that the relationship between the various invertebrate phyla is a very tenuous one. Once again, even more complex animals show little evidence of a common ancestor, yet many media sources claim men and women do. See, it ain't necessarily so. Another assumption one must make if one has to believe we all had a common ancestor is that somehow the animals that did have a backbone, that is invertebrates, changed into the ones with a backbone, that is vertebrates. This may not seem like a big jump until one inspects the difference between these two types of animals. A vertebrate not only has a backbone, but has a very different body structure from that of an invertebrate. 
Invertebrates have a dorsal heart that is toward the back of the individual, and major blood vessels are also toward the back. Vertebrates have the opposite plan, with the heart and major blood vessels toward the front. Invertebrates have a ventral along the belly nerve cord. Vertebrates have a dorsal one that is along the back. One can imagine how difficult it must have been for all these changes to have been made in each successive generation. Where the spine was forming and the blood vessels, heart, and nervous system were moving all the way to the other side of the body, the individual had to have tried to feed itself, fend off predators, and reproduce. The chances that that species could survive would have been slim indeed. Yet many media sources claim that since there can't be a creator, this is what had to have happened. The question is, how could it have happened? Many media sources say that since there is no creator over millions of years, a myriad of beneficial mutations had to have occurred, because obviously here we are, but it ain't necessarily so. Mutations in individuals are mostly injurious. They are genetic mistakes. Only one-tenth of a percent are beneficial. Yet many media sources say these mutations must have all been beneficial for all the poor invertebrates seeking a backbone. It ain't necessarily so. There are other assumptions one must make to believe that life came from a single cell and that it all came simply by chance. And then there's the idea of a supreme being, a creator God who made it all. Many media sources ask us to believe men and women are here strictly by chance, despite the violation of many scientific principles and a trashing of the laws of probability. With such tainted evidence, it certainly does take a great amount of faith to believe in creation strictly by chance. Although many media sources would disagree, it takes far more faith to believe we came to be by chance than it does to believe that God made us. We're here by chance. It ain't necessarily so. Please listen to more in the series of It Ain't Necessary Slow. My name is Steve Gehrig. Please send all comments to my email address, bird-legs at hotmail.com. That is bird-legs at hotmail.com. Thank you.